return of the midweeks. Dear friends, it's the weekend, and that means that it's the playlist of God. We're working through the songbook of Israel, the book of Psalms, and we're in a encouraging psalm today. We've been through a few psalms where David's uh, crying out in a time of trouble, but today we're going to be looking at a meditation of praise, where David is going to consider how amazing God's power and creation is, and how important little human beings are, and how amazing it is that God cares so much about people, even though he's so huge and powerful. And I also have to admit that one of the lines in this psalm is something that kind of baffles me, and so I'm not entirely sure what to do with it, but um, we'll talk about that in one minute when we get there. But let's read together Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. So we'll press pause there. So you know from the first line that this is a psalm of praise because it starts off by saying, how majestic is your name in all the earth? And so we're going to kind of um, flesh out why David thinks God has made his name majestic, exalted, revealed his royalty, revealed his worth of honor, of praise in all the earth. We're going to find out about that. And what he says is, you've set your glory above the heavens. So there's this picture. What does that mean? Set your glory above the heavens is is the glory like a lamp that you put above the sky? I think what it means is he's looking at the heavens and the bigness of the sky and the moon and the stars. We're going to get there. And he's saying that with what you've done, you've actually revealed that your glory is greater than these things. You haven't just made stuff, but you've made things in such a way that we see that you are glorious and awesome. So you have revealed that you're even greater than everything you've made. You've set your glory above the heavens. And that's why we can say your name, so your person, your character, the knowledge of you, who you really are, your name is is majestic in all the earth. Now, the next verse, verse 2, is the one that I find a bit of a puzzle. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you've established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. So, like, why is that there? Why is it saying, like, out of the mouth of babies and infants? Like, they can't speak. Babies and infants, they go goo goo gaga, they say little things. So how is it exactly that he's established strength because of all your foes? Now, one of the two thoughts. One of the things is you'll see in the rest of the psalm, he's contrasting littleness and bigness. He's talking about how tiny men are and how huge the universe is and how strange it is that God would pick man to rule and have be, be given dominion over everything. And so in one sense, this might be this extreme picture like of babies and infants are the weakest part of being man, yet God is going to use these things to reveal himself and to work through in the world and actually to overcome um, evil in the world through the weakness of man. Maybe this is connected, you know, obviously David is thinking about Genesis 1 here throughout this psalm and the creation there. And maybe he's thinking about the dominion mandate that God is had called the original man and woman to ha- increase and multiply, to have babies, and through the generations to um, have dominion over the earth, which includes this fallen earth. So maybe there's a picture there of him using the generations, babies and infants, um, to 
overcome the fallen world. That's this this message, um, this it, this this intention. Excuse me. And in one sense, Jesus fulfills this. He, Jesus is God, the Son of God, who became a baby, and really overcame the foes of God and stilled the avenger. But this verse is actually quoted when Jesus comes to Jerusalem in his Passion Week, and everybody's worshiping him and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the jealous Pharisees say, rebuke your disciples. He says, hey, haven't you heard this, that out of the mouth of babies and infants, God has ordained praise. And so Jesus picks this up to say, like, even little children worshiping, overcome the sin of man and the fallenness of man and the enemies of God. God uses the worship of even the weakest of us little babies to reveal who he is and to reveal what he's doing. So you can see that working out in the life of Jesus here. But I, I must say, even as I'm thinking aloud about this stuff, don't take this as I'm, I've landed the blame yet. I'm thinking aloud. And you're welcome to come to your own conclusions. But let's keep going. Verse 3. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers... The moon and the stars which you've set in place. So he's talking about how huge the heavens are, everything God's made. This, this sun that you can't look at, this amazing, beautiful moon that that changes size and shape over the month to keep record of time. All the stars in the sky and their beautiful configurations. His response is to say, verse 4, What is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? He looks at the bigness of, of the biggest part of creation and he thinks, I can't believe that you care about me. I'm just this little person. I'm just this tiny person. I'm just this weak person. How can it be that God who made all this huge stuff really cares about tiny little me? That's his response. And then he says in verse 5, Yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, and whatever passes along the paths of the sea. So here, for sure, um, David is worshiping his way through Genesis chapter 1, because by faith he is receiving the fact that uh, man is made in God's image, man is made uh, as the pinnacle over creation, a little lower than heavenly beings. So what does that mean? Is it referring to the sun and moon and stars that were underneath that? Is he talking about angels um, and how they're, they're, um, they don't have bodies and so maybe they're eternal and kind of more powerful in some ways? Maybe he's thinking about Genesis chapter 3 where a cherub is given authority to keep man out of the Garden of Eden and so he sees the angel as being more powerful than people. I'm not sure, but for sure what we see here is that even though the size of creation and the beauty of creation makes David feel small, by faith he believes that as a human being he has a special role of honor in God's creation to extend dominion. And he receives that from Genesis chapter 1, the call of dominion there, where God blessed them and gave them dominion over all the creatures and says, be fruitful, multiply, and rule. And so he receives this by faith, that even though just by looking at the eye of flesh, people are nothing burgers, by faith he believes in the call of God on humanity to steward and rule over and bring out the best in the creation underneath him so to speak. 
And then he ends the psalm by saying in verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so he begins where he ends, which is a great poetic kind of a tool here to say I've finished my talk and I'm, I've come back to worshiping God. So he starts off worshiping God by how he looks at the heavens. He explains that he the, the bigness of creation makes him feel small, and yet by faith he receives the importance of being made in God's image and the creation mandate to serve God as a human, and that leads him to come back to praise and say, God, you're amazing that you set things up like this. Now, ultimately, again, this, this points us to Jesus because um, man in his fallen state has broken dominion over the world. You remember with Noah how God put fear into the animals. So there's a broken dominion over this, and we do this. But Jesus came as the perfect man, the true human, who is crowned with true glory and honor through his resurrection of the dead and is seated at the right hand of God. And so truly as man wields full dominion over the earth until he's conquered all of God's enemies and he brings about the full restoration of the heavens and the earth. And then we all who believe in Jesus and are forgiven of our sins and are children of God get to join with him in his dominion. But in the meantime, we still get to embrace this, even as fallen men and women, that the bigness of the world and the bigness of history and the bigness of the galaxy and the bigness of the universe is we can feel small there, but by faith we're meant to believe that we have a part to play in doing God's kingdom work in the world, um, whether it's in the church or in the business world or farming or working with animals or whatever it is. Um, we are meant to worship God for the bigness of his universe, worship God in the smallness of being human, and worship God in believing we have a part to play in his world. And amen.